0: Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Welcome to This One Thing podcast. This is Melina Puente, and I have Crystal Wright joining me today. Hey, Crystal. Hi, Melina. So today, Crystal and I get to host uh, the podcast this morning. And we first just want to do a little shout out for our dear friend, Carrie Kenyon Dern. Happy birthday, Carrie.
1: We're going to sing to you. Just kidding. That would be horrible.
0: Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I just want to say that we're going to be focusing on gratitude, and we're going to move into thankfulness and gratitude. And the verse that Crystal and I will be focusing on is Philippians 4.12. I'd like to read that scripture for you, and then Crystal's going to jump right into the context. Philippians 4.12. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. All right, Crystal, you want to share the context with us?
1: Yeah, it was fun to look at this passage this week uh, with a different question in my mind that I usually start with when I'm studying and looking into scripture. And that question came from a mutual friend of ours, Linda, who had has lived overseas through a large chunk of her adult life. And she had made the comment about in American culture, we often read scripture and we immediately go to the place of, what does this say for me? What's in it for me? And how do I apply this to my life, which are not bad questions, but kind of a very American way of approaching scripture versus starting at the place of saying, what is scripture doing? What is it doing? What is it about outside of myself? Um, first and foremost. So I started with that question when I was looking at this verse this week, and it did lead me into the context. And so um, this verse that that Paul penned, first and foremost, what he's doing is he's writing a thank you letter. This is a thank you letter to a group of his friends at one of the very first churches that he planted in Philippi. And he's thanking them because they have sent one of their members, Epaphroditus, to him. Paul's in prison at this time because of his preaching the message of Jesus. And so they send Epaphroditus to him with a financial gift and to check on him. And so Paul's responding to his visit with this thank you letter. And throughout this letter, he's connecting with them over their shared love and concern for one another, their shared suffering, they're all being persecuted because they're following Jesus. The Philippian church was located in a really patriotic Roman colony. And so the message that Jesus is the true king didn't go over well Hmm. with with the Romans. And so they were experiencing suffering. So they're connecting over this shared love, shared suffering, the fact that they all are committed to Jesus as the one true king. And they're connecting over the life and the love that they've experienced through jesus and the part of this letter is found in chapter two which is often called the kenosis chapter which describes how christ left the glory of heaven and came here humbled mm-hmm. himself came to earth was willing to live among us and suffer and die and was resurrected and returned to glory and the rest of this letter is all these little almost like vignettes um, around what does it look like for us to live out the life and story of Jesus. And so that's really the heart. And what the scripture is doing is Paul's giving expression to what does it look like for us to take up the same mindset that Jesus had, that our life is now shaped by the story that Jesus lived out himself. And he uses himself as examples. He uses Timothy. He uses Epaphroditus as examples of what it means to to embrace and to live out the story of Jesus in our own lives. And so that's the context of this verse. And I think that's helpful to, to really hold on to as we get into, but what is God saying to me? What is the truth he's saying? And also, how do we apply it? So let's, let's start with that big, that bigger first.
0: That is great, Crystal. Great big picture. I appreciate the perspective of wanting to look like and applying the context into now our our truth. What is the truth? And interesting, as I was studying this chapter, chapter four, what stuck out to me uh, as Paul is able to write that, interestingly, where he says in, in verse 10, I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. And I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have a chance to help me. And he says that right before he goes into how he, can be content. And what struck me was the opportunity to share with the Philippians, I believe the best of you. Like I believe that you wanted to help me. I believe that you have before and you've wanted to. And it was just this opportunity, I think, to be able to say, thank you guys so much for what you've given. And I appreciate that you wanted to before, but you couldn't. And what struck me is the truth in my life is how many times have I maybe not believe the best in someone. Oh gosh, either, you know, they didn't call me after two days or they didn't respond to a text or, you know, this person, I, I've left them, you know, four messages, blah, blah, blah. And it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. And instead, the shift of perspective is on believing that that person loves them and that there is obviously something happening that they couldn't help them sooner. And I think the truth of it being that we can believe the best of people that, you know, that what is provision, God provides everything for us. So if we believe in the best that people are doing the best they can, but ultimately the truth is God provides everything that we Uh, An example uh, in my life, I was uh, right when I moved back to Lodi, gosh, it's been a little while ago, and I had a teaching position that I had gotten in downtown Stockton and had a great time with the with the kids there, you know, great staff, great team. But something had happened where they they just couldn't pay us for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And I re- I remember I remember kind of freaking out, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um I re- I remember sharing with Carrie that um I was afraid. I was like what am I what am I going to do? And it was in that opportunity in that season that God was able to show off. Um, Nobody knew about the circumstance. Like there was very few people that knew that that was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And yet I had in two different occasions, uh, some people gave me, uh, sent me checks just to bless me. And all I could do was just praise the Lord. Like I was so grateful. And it was in that season of learning his provision trusting his provision practicing that I can still be obedient do the things I'm called to do regardless of what I have Need mm-hmm. so for me that that was the truth that I was recognizing in God is the provider mm-hmm. for everything I need and as a single person I recognize that is where I need to rest my hope and my trust in is that God is the provider for me in all my circumstances mm-hmm. so how about you Crystal
1: I think the truth that stood out to me is that there is a journey that each follower of Jesus does have to take to reach that place where we can say exactly what you're saying, that God is the provider, where we can authentically say, Philippians 4.12, that I'm content if I have everything. I'm content if I have nothing. Um there's a journey that we're called to take to get there. It doesn't magically just happen in our lives. And I think um, it's hard for us because we like to just get to the end point of like, okay, how am I that person that I just want to be that person that no matter what's going on, no matter what I have, I'm content, I'm trusting God, I'm happy. And that's not an overnight process. And I think that's a lot of what Paul is expressing when he's, inviting everybody into looking at their life through the lens of the story of Jesus, that there is this process that is happening um, that we all have to go through. And that includes suffering. It includes times of peace and celebration. It includes challenges. It includes, you know, the dynamics of all of our lives that have to be lived out authentically over time to get to that place where we can say that we truly are content and everything. And it's supernatural. It's it's not it's not our own willpower of just being grateful enough for your, for this or for that. And I think even when we give gratitude oftentimes we're we're saying superficially the things that we're thankful for. I'm thankful for having a house, I'm thankful for food, I'm thankful for friends. And those are obviously things to be thankful for, but Paul's almost challenging us to go even deeper than that. Because like he's saying, there's going to be times you have those things and times you don't. So your gratitude right. has to be rooted so much more deeply in the fact that you get to participate in the love and the life of Jesus. So that's where where I was challenged with the truth in my own life is how to get past just the the surface gratitudes and into that deeper place of my gratitude being rooted simply in the fact that God has allowed me to be part of living out the expression of Jesus's Mm -hmm. own story in my life through my redemption that he has saved me and he's given me part of his life and he's given me His spirit. I find it interesting that in even in this verse, my version's a little bit different. It says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I find it really interesting that Paul uses the word, I've learned the secret of being content. Um, And that secret, he doesn't give us the secret formula of like, hey, this is, you want to be content, just do this. And I think sometimes that's what we want, but what he does is he tells us more of the secret is the process that he himself has lived through, that other believers have lived through, that we're invited to live through this process of this continual dependence on Jesus, who then, as you're saying, he is the one who provides everything that we need, including the supernatural peace to be content, the supernatural peace to feel loved and cared for, even when on the surface, maybe not all of our... You know, dreams are being met or needs are being met. And I think that's that's the secret. But we have to be okay with the fact that it's going to work itself out in our life as we surrender and as we trust Christ.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Um, so, given that truth, trying to put that into a choice, it was a little bit challenging for me. But I think if I were going to encourage us to choose, it would be... What would it look like for us to choose to accept the invitation that we are being given into reflecting the story of Jesus in our own lives? One of the things that sounds weird to say, but one of the groups that I teach to the women that I serve that's actually one of my favorites is our grief group mm. because. It's in that grief group that we really wrestle through what does it look like to accept the teachers that God uses in our life to shape our faith. And oftentimes those teachers are pain and suffering and loss. Mm -hmm. And it's in that group that we really wrestle through the invitation into this intimacy that we have with Christ that is only found by identifying with him in our suffering and in our loss. And so I would, I guess, challenge for all of us to consider the choice of what would it look like if we started to allow our gratitude to move past the superficial circumstances and things that we're grateful for and into a deeper place of um, being grateful that we get to participate in the life of Jesus. And part of that is going to include some suffering. It just is. But there's an intimacy that can be formed. And there's a way that God can work out the life of Christ through us because we've gone through seasons of being in need and being in pain and being in suffering. And we're also going to go through seasons of being in plenty and being blessed and and being provided for. I guess it seems a little bit ambiguous, the choice, but just that we would be open to that invitation that God wants to give us.
0: That's really uh, a challenging invitation for sure, Crystal, because I don't know that all of us want to walk in the suffering. You know, I think none of us would say, pick me, pick me. But there is something about that journey that you were talking about earlier that got Paul to where he was so that he could pen these words And it is such a challenge. And I was thinking through, for my choice, one of the things that first came to me was the book, Larry Crabb, The Pressure's Off. And the heart of that book is that we would delight or enjoy and want the presence of God more than we would want his blessing. And so I'm always uh, praying that. For myself and for my family that we would desire God's presence over his blessing. And I, I think the, what that challenges us to is to recognize no matter what our circumstances, if we're in the middle of his presence, regardless of our circumstances, we are in the sweetest place. We are in that content place. We are in that beloved place. We know who we are with him. And I feel like Making that choice, it's very intentional, of course, that we would have to desire his presence over his blessing. And I think that journey that we take, that you talked about earlier, that it is a life of joy and sorrow and fulfillment and happiness as we journey through this walk with Jesus to look more like him, that when we desire his presence over his blessing, we can appreciate Paul writing this. And knowing no matter where we are as well, we can be content. We can have the plenty. We can have the not so much. So as a choice, I would say that we would desire God's presence over his blessing. And I believe that will help us stay in that content place that Paul's writing about. (laughs) Would you mind praying for us, Crystal?
1: Yes, I will. Lord, thank you so much for... Giving us Jesus, giving us the very perfect life um, that was humble, that served us, that walked amongst this earth, Lord, and ultimately um, took care of the thing that we cannot take care of, which is um, being bound under sin. And Christ came and he died on our behalf he conquered sin and he conquered death and he was resurrected and taken back to glory. And we're so grateful for that. And Lord, you know that's the invitation that you have been put in front of us. You have invited us into receiving Jesus, receiving the story of his life and the redemption that he offers us. And um, you've invited us into fellowship with him as we Um, embrace his story and live that out in our own lives as well and so lord thank you for that i pray that you would help us to see your goodness and allowing us to be part of the story of jesus that we would be open to embracing all of what that means Um, the suffering as well as the blessing um not having and having would you um allow each one of us, wherever we're at in this season of life, to be able to see the life of Christ being worked out through us. And that that would be what gives us our contentment. That would be what gives us peace. That's what gives us gratitude, Lord, not the details of our outward lives, but this deeper truth that you have invited us all into the story of Jesus. So I just pray, Lord, that listeners are uplifted by that sacred truth by the glory that they've been invited into and that you would help all of us to remember that first and foremost, even as we head into Thanksgiving, um, that we would give gratitude to you. We love you so much and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Kenyender. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at petterfree.org.